materialism. There are very definitions of materialism, but a simple one is, I see it and I want it. Of course, we're all guilty of falling into this trap to a greater or lesser extent. We are all seduced by advertising. We choose to wear clothes of certain brands. We decide to drive a car with a certain badge. We rent or buy a house in a particular postcode area. Or we aspire to some or all of these. How many times have you been in a conversation with somebody who's said to you or asked you the question, if you won the lottery, what would you do? How would you spend the money? And we're whisked away into this dream of holidays, new houses, new cars, and so on, and so on, and so on. It all reflects an inner sense of a lack of satisfaction with what we have, a lack of appreciation for what God has provided for us, and also questions the source of our security. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wonder, what do you spend the most time thinking about? Generosity is the antidote to materialism. And if we want to be more like Jesus, we have to learn to become more and more generous. So this whole area of generosity, and especially how we handle money, is really, really important. Why? Well, if we are honest, we all spend far too much time stressing over it. How to earn it, how to protect it, how to invest it, how to give it, how to spend it. And so the Bible contains some promises which are there to act as a guide and to help us deal with our finances. So I want to look at some of these principles and promises in the Bible about what happens every time we are generous. And I've taken the liberty of borrowing some excellent teaching from Rick Warren, who I think is absolutely superb on the subject of giving. There are quite a lot of Bible verses, so um, in order to save time, uh, I'm going to read them all to you. So uh, uh, stay awake. First point. Generosity honors God. Giving as an act of worship acknowledges everything that you have and everything that I have is a gift from God. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts, for your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Proverbs 14.31 says, Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but those who help the poor honor him. Secondly, generosity draws us closer to God. Whatever I invest my time, my money, my energy in, shows what is important to me. So whenever I invest my time, my energy, and my money in 
God and his work, it draws me closer to him. Deuteronomy 14.23 says, the purpose of tithing, you haven't come across that, a lot of mentions about it in the Old Testament, it's giving a tenth of your income, is to teach you always to fear the Lord your God, or put God first. Matthew 6.21 I've already mentioned, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and your thoughts will also be. Thirdly, generosity makes us more like Jesus. Jesus was the greatest example of generosity as he gave his life for us. So every act of generosity that we engage in makes us more like him. Our hearts grow bigger every time we give. The more generous we are, the more godly we become. Proverbs 21:26 says, they are always greedy for more while the godly love to give. Luke 11:41, turn both your pockets and your hearts inside out and give generously to the poor, then your lives will be clean. None of us had any money before we were born. None of us will have any money after we've died. God has loaned to us everything that we have. It's his. It's all his. He could instantly take away from us everything that we have. He could increase tenfold instantly everything that we have. He simply wants us to learn how to be generous and how to be unselfish. I mentioned before, generosity is the cure for materialism. Materialism is all about getting. If you're not generous, you're materialistic. If I'm not generous, I am materialistic. Every time you give, you break the grip of materialism on your life. Matthew 6.24 says, you cannot serve God and money. Note that it says, cannot, not should not. We all have to decide what is most important in our lives. It's vitally important to avoid getting caught up in consumerism and to realize that our self-worth is not our net worth. Our value is not our valuables. Let me just say that again. Our self-worth is not our net worth. Our value is not our valuables. 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 says, Tell those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. But their trust should be in the living God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Life is to be enjoyed, not to be endured. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give generously to those in need always being ready to share with others whatever God has given to them. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of real life. Generosity demonstrates our faith. Every time that we give, it shows that we are trusting in the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. I read that verse earlier. 
Philemon 1 verse 6 says, you are generous because of your faith. Stinginess is caused by unbelief. It is saying, I do not believe that God can or will take care of me. Malachi 3 verse 10 says, Bring all the tithes, that's that 10% I talked about earlier, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is your church family where you worship, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. And listen to this. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And he doesn't finish there. He says, try it. Let me prove it to you. So here's a challenge for each of us. Test him and see if he doesn't bless you more. Scary stuff, eh? Let me just tell you about a couple that I know up in Yorkshire. Husband and wife. Sorry, I need some water. Husband and wife in Yorkshire uh, with a jewellery business. Christians. Jewellery business not going terribly well. And they felt really challenged about money, and they felt really challenged about how they were giving, uh, to giving to God. Quite tough when you haven't got a lot of money and when your business isn't going really well, but they were challenged to such an extent that they felt that they wanted to honor God by sorting their giving out. Quite extraordinary that they decided they would give at least 10% of their income, however much it was, they would give at least 10% of their income to God. Well, a very, very strange thing happened. And suddenly, the revenue and the profitability of their jewellery business started to go through the roof. Strange, that. Generosity reveals our character. Generosity shows what kind of hearts we have. Is your heart generous or is your heart selfish? God uses money to test us. Luke 16.11 says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? That's a really challenging verse. It suggests that the rewards and the responsibilities that we will be given as individuals in heaven will be dependent upon how trusty, trustworthy we have been with money here on earth. That's challenging. Generosity brings God's blessing. If we want to have God's blessing on and in our lives, we must learn to be generous, to be open-handed and not to be stingy. Proverbs 22.9, blessed are those who are generous. Deuteronomy 15.10, give freely without begrudging it. And the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. Not some things, but in everything that you do. 2 Corinthians 9.7-8 says, you must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. And I love this next bit. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I'll have some of that, please. Eighth point, generosity increases our happiness. Acts 20, verse 35 says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. As a small child, we can all recall the excitement before Christmas, just the thought of all of those presents. We've all gone under the Christmas tree. We've all checked the labels to count how many are ours. Might have squeezed them a little bit. Ooh, that looks a good one. Or, ooh, that's a big one. That's a tiny one. Wonder what's inside it. But of course, as we all get older, things change a little bit. And I must confess to you, I don't get quite as excited now. This sounds terrible if my wife's bought me a present. But I don't get quite as excited now by receiving presents as I do in giving them. Have we matured or is it still all about us? Have we learned to appreciate the joy of generosity? Generosity expands our influence. Proverbs 11:24. It is possible to give freely and become more wealthy, but those who are stingy will lose everything. Psalm 112.9, they give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. They will have influence and honor. If you want a legacy on this earth, be generous. You'll never be forgotten. Generosity multiplies our money. Proverbs 11.25, the generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, Yes, you will be enriched so that you can give even more generously. You will be enriched. You will get more. You will get more. God makes what we have left behind go further. Is it just me or is there a theme here? Generosity brings God's protection. Psalm 112, 5-6. All goes well for those who are generous, who lend freely and conduct their business fairly. Remember the seven characteristics of a good leader? Integrity was one of them. Such people will not be overcome by evil circumstances. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. Everyone goes through tough times, but God promises that when we go through tough times, we will not be overcome by them. Twelfth and last, you'd be pleased to hear, I'm sure. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. 1 Timothy 6, 18-19, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and give generously to those in need, always being ready to share with others what God has given them. Tell them to use their money to do good. It says, use their money, not love their money. Money is a tool to be used for good. We should love people and use money, not the other way around. Luke 16.9, I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. 
In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. Now, this is not about buying friendship, but building bridges of friendship with people to bring them to know Jesus. I'm coming into land now. I've only got a few more verses to read out. Here's a question for you. Is anyone going to be in heaven because of the way that you have used your money? Here's another. Do you want to keep your wealth here on earth or do you want to invest for your future in heaven? You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. So in closing, a quick reminder of what we've looked at here. Four points. They're short. The first one. The number of times that generosity is mentioned in the Bible suggests that this is a key principle and that we should not ignore it. Two. God gives each one of us the opportunity to be generous. Don't miss out. God doesn't want us to live in fear and carry anxiety. He wants us to live in financial freedom. But this may require us to change our attitudes and our habits. Three, remember that God is the source of everything. Put your security in something that cannot be taken away from you. Not your job, not your savings. Fourth, honor God first. Whatever you want God to bless, put God first. If you want God to honor your finances, put God first in your finances. If you want God to honor you in your career, put God first in your career. If you want God to honor you in your time, put God first in your time and how you use it. You know, whether you have a lot or a little is irrelevant. The key is, are you faithful with what you have been given? Luke 21, the first four, first four verses says, Just then he looked up and saw rich people dropping offerings in the collection plate. Then he saw a poor widow put in two pennies. He said, the plain truth is that this widow has given by far the largest offering today. All these others made offerings that they'll never miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all.
Thank you, Mark. Um, Some very challenging and um, a lot to think about. Now I'm going to listen to that one again um, on the podcast because I think um, uh, there is just so much to take in and so many really valuable points. Um, (coughs) Now we're going to 